Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is Baseball is Good. I'm the host, Corey Engelhart, and this is the 25th episode. Uh, it's made it that far. It's been fun to do, and um, I'm excited to have my guest on this evening. I haven't, I haven't chatted with her in person uh, a couple years now, but it's It'll be fun to catch up and 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 talk some um, some baseball and how she got involved with what she does and or did um, with within the game. I'm really excited to catch up a little bit. So, uh, without further ado, I'm going to bring her on and we can get the show started. Annie, are you there? I am. Hey, Corey. Hey, how are you? How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm, good. I'm I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. Good. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, <laughs> I I'm really I really appreciate you even saying you would be able to make this time to have this happen. I yeah, it's been fun to email a little bit and I'm excited to yes. to chat with you. Yes, you too. You too. <laughs> so yeah, you you are um well, how about you introduce yourself, and then we can okay. um, we can get started. Then I, I, yeah. I suppose I could give you an introduction of of what I how I know you and everything, but we can. Sure. How about what's what's your name? Where are you from? And let's get started. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I'll dive in. Um, okay. Again, I'm 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 Annie Heidecoper, and uh, I I grew up out in New England. I grew up in Connecticut, and then spent a lot of summers in Massachusetts because my mom grew up in Massachusetts and her family was there. Um, sure. So I, I grew up mostly a Red Sox fan, but also, also a Mets fan as far as the National League goes. <laughs> sure. And uh, I, I moved out to Minnesota uh, back in late, late 84, I think. Um, okay. After, after getting a degree in health administration and planning. <laughs> okay. And, uh, okay. And then, I ended up ended up getting to be in the baseball world instead of instead of the healthcare world. So that's that's a whole <laughs> other story. But anyway, you sure. and I know each other going back to going back to the Saints days when when you were one of my favorite interns, and so that's why you know you you were good to me. So I'll try I'll try to be good to you tonight. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know you grew up. I knew you grew up out east, but I didn't know it was Connecticut. Um, yeah. Did you did you um you sent some photos today that I, I will I will try to share at some point if you're up for that, but um did you like like um your time growing up in Connecticut compared to Massachusetts or, or was it vacationing in Massachusetts when you did that yeah, or, or would well, you have Um We were we were very fortunate. My my dad's side of the family uh bought a a cottage and a house in in Massachusetts in like the 1930s, and so okay. his his parents moved into the house, and the cottage was sort of like a a bathhouse for people to change and go swimming in the in the bay. Sure. Um. But sure. But my my father <clears throat> ended up getting that little cottage, and it's it's been our our family kind of touchstone ever since. So so most summers the the month of August we get to to hang out in Massachusetts and my God, like wherever you go, there was Red Sox stuff and every single store. And, uh, you know, you'd, you'd like go to the, go to, well, this was even, well, I guess Dunkin' Donuts was around then, but like every, every sure. kind of, um, gas station stuff, it was all Red Sox all the time. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I fell in love with the Red Sox mostly because of my, my, um, grandparents were, and, and great grandparents were into it, but also uh, my my brothers and uncle and my mom and and they all just sort of made me made me want to be part of it, part of that club, you know. Sure. Red Sox Nation, but it wasn't called Red Sox Nation then. <laughs> well, yeah. I I kind of understand. So um, you mentioned the Saints, and I I interned for you, and it was that was awesome, and then. After the internship with the Saints, I worked for a team in Massachusetts too, and I um, I remember meeting more than a few season ticket holders for that team who could name every 25-man roster player on the Red Sox and probably everybody <laughs> that had played for the Red Sox maybe forever, and yeah. at the same time couldn't 
point out Minnesota on a map to be quite honest. <laughs> I thought it was just how it was just fun how how diehard people were out there for for yeah, their Red yeah. Sox. Like you said, Red Sox Nation yeah. it was a different different feeling. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's a little nuts, to be honest. I mean yeah. it's it's wonderful but it's nuts. So but it does explain sort of the underpinnings of my my love for the game. So yeah. <laughs> well, yeah and then my dad was a little Go ahead. No, no, you, you go. I'm sorry. Well, I was I was going to say my my dad was a little league coach. I was I was the youngest of of five kids, and uh, when I was like six or seven, he said, "Do you want to be my bat girl?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> and um, you know, there are like these family movies of me wearing my little goofy orange Stags hat. That was the name of the team, the Stags. And, sure. Uh, and. And I, I was, I took a lot of pride in keeping those bats, this, the, the 27, 28, 29, 30 inch bats, perfectly aligned. Mm-hmm. They were beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I kept sure. the helmets clean. I was neater then, Corey. It was a different life for me. But, uh, and, and, and it was fun because like when, when, when my dad and I would drive home after, after his little, little league games, he'd be like, well, do you think it was good I did the hit and run in the third inning or do you think we should have done a bunt or, you know, and it was so great. Mm-hmm. He's talking to his yeah. nine-year-old daughter about strategy. So to, sure. to this day, I mean, both, both my parents are gone, but I, like, I almost talk to them in my head sometimes when I'm watching the world series, like, Oh, my dad would have loved that or he would have hated that, you know? So <laughs> kind, of, kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. So that was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Well, I I think you've kind of already started, but like the one question generally that I typically like to, what kind of why I wanted to start this podcast in the first place was just asking why why baseball, why people love the sport of baseball. And and you mentioned that you kind of got maybe a start a start with it around your your family. Um, How would how would you describe why you love this game? Yeah, I mean. I think I think sort of the basic um, timing and feel of baseball. Like I love that it's outdoors. I, I have never been as attracted to indoor sports. Um, I love that it's on grass. Like when it's on something other than grass, I'm sort of bummed out. <laughs> sure. Um, but just the the timing and that great mix of it's a team sport, but that you know it could be somebody who's a pinch hitter who hardly ever gets to play that gets to be the hero of, of the game. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's cool. It's a cool mix of the individual and the communal. And uh, I just, I just love being at a ballpark. I always have. And um, <laughs> like, I can remember the first time I like went to my big brother's American Legion game and it just seemed so magical. Like I hadn't seen anybody <laughs> playing on a, big field before, you know, and it's like, Oh my God, he's sure. playing on the same size field as, as major leaguers, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so I don't know. There's just a quality that it's, it's always been hard for me to articulate, but, but when yeah. someone starts going on about other sports, I'm like, look, I'm glad you, I'm glad you love soccer or hockey or flip. I am a baseball sure. girl. <laughs> Agreed. So there's, yeah. Yeah. So I, I miss what you yeah, said well, there. I'm sorry. No, I I just agree with you. Like it's hard for yeah. me to, I I can enjoy other sports, but it's just not the same. Like for me, baseball in a lot of ways can be how a, a lens to view life in a lot of different <laughs> senses. I guess oh, yeah. um, for how like there's no you can't be defeated by the clock and the defense always controls the possession, basically the ball. Like sure, sure. and you you learn how to fail in a lot of ways too, and and handle oh. that, and that's that's kind of a lot of the good of it that other, other sports or other activities, whatever you want to look for, don't necessarily have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's beautiful the way you said that. I mean, you know, like there's some sort of t-shirt or something that talks about how many times Babe Ruth struck out, but that's not what people focus on, is it? (laughs) Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of failure to hit all those home runs. So Mm -hmm. yeah. No, it's true. I mean, you know, I, you probably used to hear me talk about this, but I, I like one of the things that I've always like, even when I was a little girl, I sort of got this on some level that at a ballpark, you, you sit next to people you've never met before. And usually within 
an inning or two, you're talking to them, like you're having a conversation with them. And then like sure. for other people a little, a little further, the next ring of people start sort of talking, like it, it could be about a great play. So there's the mm-hmm. conversation and then there's a connection and then there's a sense of community. And, and you kind of spend two or three hours with these people that you've never met before. And it makes you feel like better about humanity. <laughs> and it's, it's just, yeah. you know, you just need to spend five bucks and go to a ballpark and, uh, and you can feel better. So that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, no doubt. Like we, we've all kind of the last year, two years, five years, like I think social media in some ways is great in some ways has hindered uh, yep. human contact with each other. But um, yep. in a lot of ways, people talking about baseball, it's, I don't know if easier is the right term, but it, it, you can talk sports and have it be a bridge between people who see the world differently depending on politics or religion or a lot of things and i i think that can be really important too just to kind of bridge the gap uh between at least starting to talk again to people and start having a conversation rather than just saying like i see the world differently than you see you're wrong like maybe that's easier to say if you believe something politically than some differently than somebody else does but if Yeah. Somebody makes a great catch in center field. You can both at least agree on that. Yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. a starting yeah. point maybe to to have community with somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I really, you know, well said, well said. <laughs> well, thanks. So, um, you you are, if I remember correctly, you were either the third or fourth, and I could be completely wrong on that. Hire as far as full-time employees with the St. Paul Saints when they started. Yeah. I mean, that's, here's the thing. I was probably the third person that, that was, was welcomed (laughs) when when I came on board after, after having a a fun interview with Mike Vec, I was, I was a uh, part-time salesperson and I was in charge of the fan club and we didn't even have any fans yet. So uh, I kind of worked my worked my way into a real job. Like after a while, they sure. finally instead of just paying me commission, like my first commission was was Dave Wright, like writing a check out of his checkbook, and I'm like, yeah, I'm getting paid by the Saints. <laughs> um, That's awesome. So, so I definitely kind of had to prove myself. But the, you know, over the years, Mike Vex's pretty good at embellishing. So he's like, yes, Annie Heidecker was the third hire of the St. Saint Paul Saints. It's like, well, like sure. six months later, I was officially hired. So, <laughs> um, but you know, well, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to ask, cause I don't remember the story. I, I'm certain I've heard it, but I don't remember the story. Like how, how did you get connected to Mike Vec and the saints? Like how, how was that a thing? Like how did that work for you to get that interview? Like how did that happen? Well, I, you know, it's really, it really is sort of one of those things. Like when I used to go talk to high school and college students about this, they'd all just sort of sit there and shake their head. But here's, here's what happened. Um, Joanne and I moved to St. Paul we bought this house and that was like late fall of 91. Oh, start of 92. And then later in the, in the summer of 92, we read a little article. I read a little article in like the local Como Midway Como monitor that there was going to be an independent minor league baseball team coming to town. I'm like, Oh, how cool is that? It's like two and a half miles from Mm -hmm. our house. And then (laughs) I heard, Sid Hartman on the radio, you, you know, Mr. Hartman, the, the sure. star tribune sports writer. And he had a little radio show on Sundays and he was sure. just ripping Mike Vec. He was like, how dare Mike Vec open a baseball team seven miles from the Metrodome. And he's grabbing his daddy's coattails. And, you know, this is a terrible idea. And the St. Paul saints are going to fold by the 4th of July. And I'm like, Holy smokes. <laughs> I have to go work for these people. So yeah, <laughs> I I have to help prove Sid Hartman wrong. So the very next day on my lunch break, I was I was working for a friend who ran a special events company. I called on my okay. lunch break and said, I'd like to buy season tickets. And I'm curious if you guys need any help. And Dave Wright is the person, the one employee that I was talking to. Oh, cool. And he said, well, what do you, okay. what do you mean? And I said, well, I'd really love to help you guys prove Sid Hartman wrong. And he put the phone down. He didn't even have a hold button then, Corey. He, like, put the phone down, <laughs> clunk, clunk on his desk. And he comes back and he says, well, Mike Beck has a plane to catch in two and a half hours, but if you can get over here, he'd love to meet you. 
And huh. I went home and I changed my clothes and my shoes like three times, which is what, which, what women do when they're going to have a job interview. Sure. <laughs> and, Fair enough. And I went over and, uh, and we, just, we just had fun for, for an hour. And he ripped me for being a Red Sox fan. And he <laughs> made fun of my socks not matching my shoes or something like that. And, <laughs> and, and we just had a good time together. And then when he got back to Florida later that afternoon, he called me up and said, how would you like to start selling tickets and advertising and being in charge of our fan club? And I said, sure. <laughs> so <laughs> that's really, that's really how it started. I mean, it was, it was really just my goofy passion. And, and he hired a lot of people that didn't have any baseball or sports management, you know, that like sports marketing sure. wasn't, wasn't a thing back then. It was, no, he, he, he called us his merry band of misfits, you know, and, so people were coming from different walks of life. Tom Whaley was a lawyer. Uh, Dave mm-hmm. Wright had sold advertising for TV Guide. You know, it was just a goofy <laughs> group. So it was fun, mm-hmm. though. It was really fun. Yep. <laughs> so and and on the Fourth of July, when we had a full crowd and and you know we were going strong, we all sort of raised a beer after the game and toasted Sid Hartman because I think he helped us. I think you know having a prominent figure in town say this isn't going to work, you know, kind of, kind of fired everybody up. Even the fans like, no, we're going to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. I mean, even just to, even to talk about you on his radio show had to have been some kind of publicity that didn't hurt. I would imagine. Oh, all publicity is good publicity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's probably some people in the news right now who who would disagree with that. So maybe I should watch maybe. what I say. But <laughs> maybe for a baseball team, how's that? How's that for baseball? <laughs> yeah, for marketing and baseball. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. So yeah, so, I mean, you know, yeah. I was I was part of some magical years of the Saints, really. Sure. Yeah. Many many years. Um, yeah. So well, I, I guess I, I understand what my interning days were like but what what were the early days like as far as a work day I was I was was curious of that like um did you get to the ballpark at eight or nine in the morning like like a typical not typical but like what was a work day like for you in the early days well actually you should probably tell you should probably share with me and others about what your days were like because those that first year or two we didn't have interns. We had one intern, actually, I should say. Dave Wright had an intern. Sure. But um, okay. you know, we did we did a lot of the stuff you did. So go ahead and go, go ahead and recap your time, <laughs> and then and then we could compare <laughs> well, and contrast. <laughs> sure. Seriously. Well, I, re- I remember it being so. My my intern year was 2005, and I know the first official thing I remember doing as a Saints intern was the um, St. Patrick's Day parade. Oh, there you go. Other, other yeah. than that, I, I know I was like sort of around, but I was, I, I kind of had mostly interviewed prior to that point, and then St. Right. Patrick's Day parade, just going, going with a lot of the front office staff and, and handing out schedules and that sort of thing. That's one of the first things I remember doing as an intern. But mm-hmm. after that, it was a lot of days starting at, I feel like it was about like eight was kind of su- the suggested time to be there, but people yep. were there yep. before eight. It wasn't like people were getting there <laughs> at five, but it wasn't. It wasn't like 8.30 when people were showing up either. And I, I don't remember like yeah. a specific time, I guess. And that's yeah. 12 yeah. years ago. But it, yeah, I, I remember kind of getting there, checking in and seeing like, hey, what, what can we do right now? Like what what needs help with? Does it need yeah. um, some cleaning to be done? Do you need like yeah. some, any, any spreadsheets created for different things? Yeah, plants to be watered, a lot yeah. of that. Like it kind of was just like, <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm here and I'm here to do do whatever I can and you you point me in that direction and if you're if no one's even here yet and if I'm here before who I need to check in with I'm gonna just start finding something to do basically. Yeah, I love that about you. I mean, I'm yeah. sure you're still the same way, but I remember loving that about like you would say, Annie, how can I help? And I'm like, oh, I wish we had more interns like Corey. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, you know, but, but really, and, and you're not, you're not giving yourself credit for your rally socks. Like you, you actually sure. created one of our, one of our fun things that we, <laughs> we sold at our little souvenir stand. So tell sure. tell about the rally socks. Well, yeah. Do you remember so I, that? I, I remember. Yeah, I do. I clearly remember it, but I, 
I remember it being a um, a what am I trying to say? It was a kind of a contest between myself and I don't remember the other intern, but it was a contest to generate money for the Susan G. Komen Foundation, yeah. and whoever yeah. Yeah. was able to generate the most money from an idea, uh, their idea would win the larger donation that evening is what I, yeah, I yeah. how I'm piecing it together. So yeah. my idea, the, the person I was going against, I, I don't remember who it was. And for the story, no, I, I, I apologize, but, yeah. yes. but I, I remember that she had come up with an idea for, I think she was giving away Hershey kisses. <laughs> That's what I was trying to remember. Okay. It was something yeah. about get yeah. a kiss from a saint's intern. And that's what okay. her like pitch was. And yep. Yep. Um, I I kind of ran with uh, we should go with a rally sock because it's something different and new than what a Homer hanky would be compared to the twins sure. or, or rally towels sure. or a lot of other things for yeah. other teams. And, and a sock was just something that I knew we had a lot of <laughs> <laughs> at, at the stadium. So it was something we had yeah. on yeah. hand. That didn't necessarily cost a lot of money, and right. for that game specifically, I just I just took an hour, two, three hours to write rally sock in Sharpie marker on a bunch of socks to be able to sell them for a dollar a piece or whatever. I did hawk them at the game, and and it worked. Go. Like people people were waving them and yelling and cheering with them, and I thought that was pretty great. <laughs> and then we went and actually made some up because it was such a success and, and, but people didn't buy them because they had already had like the fun of doing the, the like authentic (laughs) grassroots, the organic version. Yes. The organic version was better than the the screen printed rally sock. So that was a great lesson. Actually. It's like, you know, sometimes things are just best when they're really basic, you know, and wonderful. And people were wanting to support you, you know, they didn't want to support the, souvenir stand people <laughs> so that, that well, yeah, was, I still I have my I need you to know dollar a piece. yeah yeah that's funny that's great yeah, yeah that's true they were sold as individual an individual rally stock it wasn't like you got a pair so that's funny yeah well yeah you weren't, you weren't so, buying them to wear them but yeah it was fun I agree <laughs> yeah yeah so so yeah like tell people what time you'd get home at night well, that was completely dependent on if it was a game day or not. If it was right, a non-game right. day before the year started or if there were the Saints were on the road, um, the nights ended typically earlier than if it was a game day. So I, I remember it being like a 4 or 5 o'clock end of the day, like a regular business would be if, it, if the Saints were on the road. But um, sure. if they were at home, it was we're attending the game and – Right. Uh, staff and interns stay and help, help uh, whatever is needed during the game and help clean up and help everybody get out of the stadium after the game. Um, yeah. So the end of nights on game days were whatever time the game ended and then a little while after that just to make sure everything was run yeah. smoothly and ready to go for the next day. So often, often like you would not leave the ballpark till like 11 or 11.30 at night. And then sure. we'd expect you back there at 8 o'clock the next morning. And and, and you like wanted the to be thing there. That's amazing. Yes, you did. Everybody. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like, it, it's like. Uh, I used to say it was like going to work for a summer camp, but I'd get to go home and sleep in my own bed. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it was. It was like being camp counselors together. And uh, sure. I'm not calling fans campers. I just mean. I mean, we the the front office and the interns had kind of this this energy going. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, when, like, like a homestand, like the perfect homestand is like six or seven games, a, a mm-hmm. 10 or 11 game homestand, then you're dragging. <laughs> I don't yeah. care how young and how, what good shape you're in. You just, you are dragging. And that, that, mm-hmm. that's, you know, takes a toll on people and you have to kind of find a way to, to pick each other up. But, you know, one thing sure. that Mike taught me, Mike Vec is, is, and you remember this every, every day mm-hmm. is opening day or every night is opening night. And you got to like, sure. once the front gate opens, you sort of have to fire yourself up. Even if it is game 10 of a 10 game homestand 
and sure. and act like there are people who have never been here before, and I need to I need to be on my best, and I we need to do our best and provide customer service and make it fun and not let them see that we're all exhausted. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure. um, but it was, I mean, it was really, it was really kind of cool. Like how, how you could sustain that. I still don't really, I still don't understand it, but it, it was a cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I didn't really mention it too, but like, I remember plenty of days that there either were or weren't games that uh, I was, helping with the community relations department where we would travel to youth fields or um, marketing pitches at different places, wearing a mascot costume of one kind or another. And there were, there (laughs) were plenty of things that were done that were Madonna. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was great. I I missed those days. I can't say I completely miss uh, wearing Madonna when it was, 95 in Hubin in July. I don't miss that <laughs> as much as anything weight loss program. Else, the, yeah, exactly. But the the time spent, like, I I, I miss the activity of, of doing that, I guess, in a lot of ways. Yes, yes. And <laughs> and I should probably I should probably remind the folks listening that Madonna was is the mascot of the Saints. She's a giant sure. pink pig. And a lot of people call her mm-hmm. Moodonna. She is not a cow. She's she's a pig. No. <laughs> well, you, you would say Moodonna yeah. if it was M O O. It was M U D. Right. But a lot of people do. A lot of people like who've mm-hmm. been Saints fans for twenty five years say Moodonna. I'm like, does she look like a cow to you? <laughs> no. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Hey, do you know? Do you know why the Saints had a, have a pig every year as a mascot? You remember that? I I don't remember the story. I've seen posters of every pig, but I don't remember yeah. the story of why it was a why it was a pig is the choice. Yeah. Do you mind if I share that? No, mind go going for down it. a path you don't want. Okay. Well, well. No. When, yeah. Um, we're this is your story. I want to hear from okay. you, basically. Okay. Okay. Well, um, when Mike Vec first came to town, he was he was running the Fort Myers. It was the the. Let's see. It was the Miami Miracle, and then they moved over yep. to Fort Myers to become the Fort Myers Miracle. And okay. they had a, a golden retriever as their mascot. So the golden retriever okay. would bring balls out to the umpire, and everybody loved the dog. Like, even if there were only 100 mm-hmm. people there, they just loved the dog. So sure. when Mike came up here, um, his sweetie, Libby, who became his wife, uh, mm-hmm. was trying to brainstorm of what kind of mascot the Saints could have. And she was reading about this history of St. Paul and read that St. Paul had been called Pig's Eye because of mm-hmm. Pig's Eye Perrant, the, the fur trader who kind of set up a fur trading location, which really was, was the start of the modern era St. Paul, the European, French-Canadian St. Paul. Um, sure. And so she said, oh, pigs are, are as smart or smarter than dogs, so how about a pig mascot? And that was that's how it started. And then Tom Whaley went and, like, <laughs> called all these all these farmers and found a farmer that had a pig farm, Dennis and his <laughs> wife Maryland over in in yeah. uh, River Falls, Wisconsin, and they they've been doing it for 25 years. New pig every year, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> same people. I know I've so, met them. They're super nice. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Salt of the That's earth. That's awesome. But but the, yeah. the umpires have this is the big the big the big uh, reveal. The umpires have milk bones. <laughs> And so the pigs run out with their little Ooh. satchel of balls and the umpires hand them a little milk bone and they're happy. And then they go running back to Dennis and hide out. They're now, the pig is now <laughs> right in the dugout with the Saints. Do you know that in the new ballpark? I didn't. I, I assumed it's right it had there, to be right next to the players. It was behind, yeah, it was behind the plate at, the, at Midway. I knew that, but yep. that's, how, how does that, how do, are there any players that have an issue with that from game to game or is uh, so it just far. like, a, it's just what it is? I think it's just what it is. It's sort of it's it is sort of interesting because they come out of their locker room, and you turn left to kind of be on the bench, and you would turn right <laughs> to what was meant to be the TV, the TV well, but instead it made more sense to have the pig there because the the spot we we designed for the pig <laughs> ended out feeling more <laughs> like a coffin. <laughs> it's like oh this is not right. This is 
this is like the icon of Saints baseball. We need to we need to have a better spot. So there it is, right in the dugout with the players. It's awesome. Sure, it's kind of funny. Well, I remember yeah. at Midway, the Midway location being more like a. It, was, it didn't have a roof, but it was sort of like a, a dog kennel more than anything. So if yeah, a little, more, little pig pen. If there's yep. a little more space. Yeah, a, pe- a pen. That's yeah. perfect. So if there was more yeah. space the yeah. new location, that's probably for the best because the pig gets pretty big yes. throughout the year. So they probably, don't, they probably appreciate a little more space to move around. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So pretty fun. Actually, the first year, the, the pig was called a saint. And we brought him back to the, to the, for the start of the second year, and he was so huge he couldn't fit through that opening anymore. So, <laughs> so we, had to, we had to bring him on from, like, I don't know if you remember at Midway, just beyond where the Saints dugout was, there was an opening sure. Um, sure. that went to the, to the concession stand. So the pig was there for, like, the first couple of games, and we're like, this is not going to work. This pig is, like, the size <laughs> of a Volkswagen. <laughs> Basically, so yeah. We, we moved on. We got a new pig from then on. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, so before talking about this show, just you and I chatting about it, you mentioned how, um, well, I I guess I kind of wanted to get your thoughts before that on um, Midway Stadium and how Mm -hmm. moving to the new park, you argued, maybe that's the wrong word, or uh, pushed for it not to be called a stadium. But I wanted to get your, your memories of Midway more than anything. First, because it's a very sure. different experience uh, attending a game at Midway than it is at the new CHS field. That's true. That's true. And, and I will say, one of, you know, there are a few things I do, I do miss about Midway. And the number one thing, and I think a lot of people would feel this way, is, is not having the trains go by. Um, mm-hmm. At 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 CHS Field, there are, there are planes and jets that are flying overhead, but it's not <laughs> quite the same as that sort of rumble of a train. And, and you know, we, we had a lot of fun with the train. If it were, there were two trains mm-hmm. passing each other, we'd call it a rally train. And, and, and <laughs> way, way back when, when Al Freckman was our, was our PA announcer, he just, he's the one that started the whole deadpan train like when when a train was coming and like the whole crowd would just say it like that it was and then t-shirts were made that just had the word train on it and like then there were t-shirts for little kids that said little train and it's just like this this is crazy so so we do miss the train thing um and it also like bench style seating although super uncomfortable and like i'm i'm only five eight and my knees would like get crunched by the people in front of me because the the seats over the years got bent and stuff. But there is something about bench style seating in, in the way you interact with people around you, you know, like you have to be more Mm -hmm. thoughtful (laughs) and and you're you're often like you're, you're bumping knees with someone you've never met before, you know? And so, so, so every once in a while I miss that. I mean, Oh my God, it's nice to sit in a comfortable baseball seat you know um with a cup holder that's really nice to not have have coke and beer spilling by your feet but um sure yeah there was some there were some sort of funky charming things about oh and the fire training center tremendous like having Mm -hmm. having the st paul fire department like throwing (laughs) dummies like rosessa annie out the out the window on fire (laughs) during a saints game it's like this is incredible you know like they'd actually schedule Uh their training so that our fans could see it so that was pretty great um but it was just time you know the place the place was getting really beat up it was it was built for amateur baseball and and it always had amateur more amateur games than saints games um but Mm -hmm. having us come in and and we went from playing 36 home games the first season to now it's a, a 50, 50 or even more home season um, with exhibition mm-hmm. games and stuff. So it just takes sure. a toll. And, and uh, the <laughs> I think I maybe mentioned to you that that ballpark was built on what used to be the dump for the state fairgrounds and like going back mm-hmm. 150 years. So lots of horse <laughs> manure. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they had to like, when, when we moved out and they, they cleaned up the site for a new uh, business center. They had to, they spent like six months taking the methane gas off the site, like <laughs> siphoning. <laughs> so I'm just glad all those fireworks shows, we didn't have like a, like a really scary event out there with all that methane gas that was oozing <laughs> out of the field. Uh, but anyway, Midway, Midway had its charms and um, 
I will admit I loved it being two and a half miles from my house. And, uh, yeah. you know, I still sort of drive by and feel a little pain because I miss, I miss seeing, seeing the, the light standards and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But CHS Field is just like, it's, it's great for St. Paul. It's great for welcoming new people to the ballpark. It's, it's incredibly, you know, inviting and wheelchair and, and, you know, people with limited mobility have these special seats, you know, there's the wheelchair seats, but there's also seats for, for people like when, when my dad had his Parkinson's that it would give him space to have a seat, but not be slammed up right next to somebody. And, you know, it's just really, really thoughtfully done. And the best thing is lots of bathrooms. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Just, just, yeah, more than, more than, was required and I was just like adamant like we need to have more women's bathrooms than any ballpark you know is required to have and people to this day like thank me for that so I'm proud of that Corey <laughs> um, <laughs> that's awesome. so, but yeah yeah uh, it's a beautiful ballpark I mean that, that's the thing is it's midway was was kind of kind of a dump and now we have now the Saints have just this really gorgeous place designed by Julie Snow, who's an amazing architect. And, you know, it's just really thoughtfully done. It's, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a magical place. And yes, I do call it a ballpark. (laughs) Yeah. You you were saying how you um, don't appreciate places as much that are called stadiums necessarily just Mm -hmm. for the, the larger, larger feel of it. And, I yeah. can see why why you look at the that way and and calling it CHS Field um, as a ballpark yeah. is is it is it is more intimate that way. It is a little bit smaller than yeah. some of the larger mega stadiums that can be out there for different events. And I can see yeah. why you pushed for it in in calling it that in that way. Yep, yep. I mean, Marv Goldklang was one of the owners of the Saints. He is a part owner of the New York Yankees. And so he's, he's used to a stadium and he thinks of a, a professional baseball venue being a stadium. So he was actually the hardest one for me to convince. <laughs> and, and I said, Marv, you know, it's going to be an 8,500 seat intimate uh, community gathering place. It is not a, a 40,000 to 80,000 seat stadium like like a uh, coliseum in in roman times mm-hmm. um it's it's more it's more about it's you know a lot of town ball a lot of a lot of amateur baseball hamlin university you know there's there's those people need to be comfortable and feel welcomed as well as saints fans and then the other big piece of it um is is we knew the vikings would be going after their stadium sort of with the legislature and with the community and the, and the, the business folks and the residents and all that. So they were going to be talking about a stadium and I'm just like, we cannot be also talking about a stadium. We need to be talking about a ball ballpark. And Mike Vec wanted to say mm-hmm. ball yard. And I'm like, okay, now you're dating yourself. <laughs> a ball a yard bit, yeah. sounds like, sounds like another era, but he, he still likes to say <laughs> ball yard. Um, but sure. but yeah, I'm proud of that because because it is it is a ball it's a community ballpark that's what it is just nestled in the lower town and you know a stadium is something like what U.S. Bank is it's like this giant arc that has dominated downtown downtown Minneapolis and it's like it's the 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 contrast between Julie Snow sinking a ballpark into the lower town you know the field is below grade, you know, below the ground. And so people walk in at street level and go down to their seats. Whereas mm-hmm. the, the arc, as I call it, <laughs> U.S. Bank Stadium, you're, you go up, up and away. And, you know, people mm-hmm. love their football. I'm not trying to, trying to be a schmuck about it. I just, I like the ballpark better. <laughs> I, saw, yeah, I sound like there. George Carlin. <laughs> no, it's great. I'm I'm I haven't been to US Bank Stadium yet. I don't know when I will. I'm certainly not going to be there for the Super Bowl, but um uh, get me out to the the baseball field any day. That's yeah, what yeah, I would choose yeah. just on its own end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so I I wanted to ask maybe your 
um, thoughts about because I I I've never met Bill Murray, but he is certainly somebody that people associate with the Saints when hearing about the Saint Paul Saints. But I I have a story for the first time I met Mike Vec and how awkward I was. But I was curious about if you have memories for for meeting Bill or or anything that stuck out to you just for oh. for how huge a personality he is. I guess I was curious about that. Well. I, I have I have a few different Bill Murray stories, but the the first like the first time I met Bill, um, that little that little office that I was in when you were there at the top of the stairs there that little sure. spot, um, I shared that office with Mike Vec, and all of a sudden Bill arrives one day like comes bounding up the stairs and comes in and gives Mike a hug. And then he looks at me, and I've never met this guy before, and he looks down at my feet, and he says, cute sneaks. <laughs> so he liked my sneakers. And, and they, were, they were so corny. They were little baseball sneakers with, like, stitching on them. Sure. <laughs> so they were white sneakers with baseball stitches on them. So that was my, my sure. first interaction with Bill. And I thought, he's all right. You know, he notices my sneaks. That's a good thing. And uh, and that was that was opening night when all sorts of it was just a total chaotic day and we had a rain mm-hmm. delay and uh, you know almost didn't get our first game in but then we did mm-hmm. and like way more people showed up than we were expecting so the porta potties got just totally overwhelmed <laughs> and uh, the very next day Bill comes bounding up the stairs but this time with a bag of incense and I'm like okay. what is going on and you know when I when I grew up if there was incense around that usually meant there was going to be some marijuana around so yeah <laughs> I'm like exactly. is, is Bill Murray going to no smoke dope now. on this yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know he did not smoke dope but he he said Annie let's go make the ballpark smell better so he and I went around to all the porta potties and and waved incense like like we were playing a game like like we were casting spells on the on the porta potties and made the ballpark smell better so that was kind of a bonding experience um, <laughs> so I don't know I mean I could tell many many Bill Murray stories but that that sort of um, oh oh and going back to opening night see this is all just a 24 hour period he he sure. was one of our first pitch people so so yep. Mike Beck's mom Mary Frances Beck threw out a first pitch. And Bill threw out a first pitch, and there might have been one more, and I feel badly that I'm not remembering. But Bill did a big wind-up and threw the ball up into the crowd, and <laughs> you know, rather than throwing it to the catcher. And I just thought, oh, that was so perfect. I mean, like right away he said, this is about you guys. You know, it's not about me, the, the Ghostbusters guy, the Saturday Night Live guy. This is about you fans. Like this ball just went up into the crowd rather than – Mm-hmm. me throwing it to the catcher and showing off that I'm actually a pretty good athlete, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it just set the tone. It set the, set the tone right there. Um, so Bill's been really lovely to me over the years and uh, has said nice things. Like I, it almost seems like I'm paying him off or something, but he uh, <laughs> like, like when my, when my partner was sick with cancer, like one of the first calls we got was from sure. Bill, you know, and, He's just, he's a very thoughtful, generous man. And, and obviously sure. he's smart and bright and for fun, but he's also, he's got a really good heart. So I'm, I'm, sure. I'm honored to know him. I really am. I, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. at that game. I don't know if I ever told you that, but little 11, 12 year old me was at that game. And I remember that oh, happening. It's just, it's also 25 years ago. So I don't remember it that well, but I know I was there. Yeah. And I remember getting some autographs from Leon Durham and Rick Herkensteiner, which I still have those cards. But That's yeah, so it, was, cool. it was a good memory. Yeah, I know I was at the first <laughs> I game. I don't know if my parents had. I know they didn't have full season tickets, but I know they went to more than a few games that first year and then over the years. Yeah. Absolutely too. It was, yeah. a, it was a fun experience. It was different than anything else, and I always appreciated that too. And then, really, just getting the chance as a older a young adult, but older person than 11, 12 to be a part of it. It, it meant a lot to me in many, That's many so ways. Cool. Yeah. I, yeah. You yeah. know, you probably had told me that and I'm sorry, I forgot, but I am, I am no. curious, had you been to another, um, like, had you been to an outdoor major league game? Had you gone to Milwaukee or something or Chicago or 
Was it only the Metrodome yeah, that you knew? No, I'd, I'd absolutely been to, I know before that point I'd been to a Orlando game. My, okay. When I was sure. about 11 or 12, I went to um, a twin spring training about the same time we went to Disney World once. So I, I know I did that. And I know I've been yep. to, I'd been to both Chicago stadiums around that time, but I don't remember if it was before or yep. after that. Um, yeah. And I started, yeah. I was playing baseball. I didn't start, I didn't play baseball as a young kid. I was playing baseball closer to when I was 10, 11, 12, because I, yeah. I grew a bunch <laughs> and I didn't really like okay, yeah. sports until I was Put me in to coach. five feet yeah. tall. Yeah, exactly. When yeah, I started yeah. to grow a little bit and started to run coordinated, I liked, I liked playing sports. So around that time was <laughs> about the time I started liking baseball because I could actually yeah. um, keep up with the other kids, I guess, more than anything. Right. But yeah, it was yeah, around that yeah. time that I really started liking sports and, and be, having that option for an activity to go to. It was really, it was mm-hmm. fun. It was fun to be a part of. Yeah, that's great. That's right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I remember the first time, the the first little snippet of time that I met Mike Beck was yes, at yes, the... Tell me that. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever, I don't remember if I've ever told you this, but it was at the Bob Dylan, um, Willie Nelson concert that was traveling through. Okay. And, and this was I, when I you were serving, an intern, right? Yes, as an intern. Yeah, so okay. I, yeah. I was, that night I was, my job was serving beer at one of the beer stands <laughs> on the field. <laughs> yeah, and um, let, let me just cut in because that was, that's like sure. hard work. People don't realize when you're working a beer stand at a concert, it's like the tap is just open and you got to just keep moving the yep. cups, right? Like you've got all pretty covered much, with beer, didn't you? Pretty much it. Yeah, yep, pretty yep. much. Okay, I'd, go I'd on. I'll be quiet now. Bartending, but no, you're good. I'd, I'd have some experience <laughs> pre- before that bartending, so I think that when I mentioned that <laughs> whoever was in charge of that stand said, great, you're, you'll be great. But I... Um, yeah. I saw Mike standing over next to somebody. I don't know who it was. It, um, sure. I didn't meet the other person. I just saw Mike, and I was like, right. oh, I have to say hi. So I went over and just said, hi, I'm Corey, and it was really loud. So I had to yell and said, hi, I'm Corey. And he said, oh, you're Corey. And he says, you're great. Let's talk later. <laughs> I was like, yes, you know, you've heard my name before. That's really cool. <laughs> and then um, oh. the only other time I was really around him, he – flew in from wherever he was coming from and I'd um I had been instructed to uh take him from the stadium to a speaking event I think I want to say it was near um Rosedale possibly I just remember (laughs) I was so embarrassed because driving from the stadium or no, no, sorry, from St. Paul hotel. I picked him up at St. Paul hotel and completely got lost on the way to the speaking (laughs) event. Cause I, I I knew it was off of 61, but I grew up in Cottage Grove and the 61 that I knew what was the other direction. Yeah. I knew 61 and that highway. I didn't know 61 is the County road that's near, near Rosedale (laughs) shopping mall. Kind of, or Maplewood Shopping Mall. Oh, so yeah, I, I completely yep. got turned around, got ple- completely got lost, and his speaking event eventually was in Stillwater, and this was before, like, pe- I, I kind of take oh, it for granted now, but this was Google before Maps Google Maps or Map anything. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm sitting with Mike Beck just thinking, like, I got this guy lost. I got him super late to his speaking event, and we still got there on time. But the entire time, I'm just like, I'm never going anywhere in this world just because I got this guy lost, and <laughs> he doesn't think anything of me. And I just, I'm trying to like apologize before even needing to apologize because we still got there on time, and it was, it just felt like there the most go. awkward car ride ever. But he still was happy and thankful afterwards, even though he spent that whole time with some idiot kid. I, I felt like you know what? the entire I, drive. But I, I bet he loved it. The thing is, like. Mike, I've I've gotten lost more times than I can count driving Mike. He loves being in a car. He loves like connecting <laughs> with people and kind of observing life. And so I'm sure he had fun. And I probably he probably got a kick out of you stress, stressing out and all that. But hey, you did it. You got him there. You got him there. Sure. And and I know he was fond of you. So that I don't think that had any any bearing on things. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's well, that helps. Yeah. 
Make, yeah. Makes me feel a little yeah. better now. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I appreciated yeah. that that time to to meet him because he he's yeah. uh, like you in many sense for me. He's he's royalty just for how people have heard of him in baseball circles. So it was, it was really a big experience to be able to have that too and just have that whole yeah. time really. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for the nice compliment. I'm I'm like in a, you know, the the Vec family are in a league of their own for sure. So, but I've learned a lot from them and I'm, and I'm honored, you know, I'm, I feel really lucky. Mike, Mike has sort of been my champion from that very first day I met him and, and uh, the, the, the first general manager who was hired and he was, he was brought on board a little after me. He really would have rather not have had me there. He didn't, he didn't understand why I was there. And, uh, and Mike's like, you know, Annie's, Annie's going to bring a lot to this organization. So just, just you just you wait. And I did, you know, but, but I, I kind of learned one of the ways you, you kind of make your way in, in minor league baseball is to learn to sell and be a successful salesperson, you know, and, and it was really easy for me actually, because I just loved it so much. It was, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like talking to people and listening to people and, you know, I'd go to the local lumber yard because my dad owned a lumber yard and I know, <laughs> I know those kind of people. And I said, you know, we'd love to have you involved. Do you have like a window company that might want to be on an outfield fence line with you and you could get co-op money from them? And they're like, you know about co-op money? And I said, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of businesses have partners that would do stuff with them. And they're like, oh, brilliant. You know, we'll, we'll partner with Anderson Windows or Marvin Windows and you know, I'd go back with a contract for, I don't know, $4,000 and everybody would love me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, you know, no matter, no matter how much stuff I did in the community or customer service or whatever, the, the getting out there and hustling and, and, you know, just keep bringing new people to the Saints, new, new fans, new partners, new groups. Um, I love that. I really did. But, but uh, yeah, Mike, Mike taught me maybe i mean other than my parents i think i think i've learned more from from mike beck than anybody else in my life so that's that's pretty cool yeah no that's awesome lucky, lucky. yeah 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 that's great i i remember so um out, outside of this i remember you always saying other than working for the saints and i know you worked for the twins for a little bit too but yeah. Um, yeah. You always kind of said you wanted to have an opportunity to um, have an ownership stake in in a team that um, you could have a part of, and I was curious if that ever worked out. I don't. I haven't looked up your your background. You know, but I well, know you work with the Gold Coin Group, so they own a number yeah. of teams. But they they do, and and you know, it never it never really worked out with the Gold Coin Group. But I I actually had been an owner before I met you, which is when I got kind of, kind of got the bug. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, but that very, that very first time I met Mike and, you know, we had the little interview, he said, well, what do you, what do you see doing in baseball? And I said, well, I'd love to be an owner of a team someday. And he's like, well, you've got chutzpah. (laughs) And, uh, and then like, like three years later, when we were sharing that little office together, he, he got off the phone after talking to someone, he said, you still want to be an owner of a team? And, you know, I had never mentioned it to him after that day. Like that's the only sure. time I had mentioned it. And I said, yes, <laughs> sir. And he said, well, there's a team in Butte, Montana that's available. And it's, it, it needs, it needs a lot. It needs energy. It needs some dough. It, the field needs to be fixed up. Um, but if you want in, I'd love to have you be one of my partners. And so I sold my AT&T stock for my grandparents. <laughs> and became became an owner of the Butte Copper Kings, and uh, we owned the team I think for three three or four years, and it was really great. And and again, I was scrubbing toilets, not not porta potties, but I was scrubbing toilets <laughs> out in Butte, Montana, with Bill Murray because he was one sure. of the owners as well. It was another bonding sure. experience for us. Um, but the <laughs> Owning, owning a team in Butte, it was really interesting because it's a very different culture than St. Paul. So, for example, Butte, like St. Paul, has a very large Irish Catholic population. And as you mm-hmm. know, because you, you experienced it, St. Patrick's Day is a huge deal in St. Paul. And we would have a St. Patrick's Day in July 
or Irish night for the saints. So we did the same yeah. thing in Butte, and people like practically tarred and feathered us. They're like, you don't mess with St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> there, is, <laughs> there is only one St. Patrick's Day, and it happens in March. You don't have St. Patrick's Day in July or August. You don't have green beer. And, and they, they were like ticked off at us. So the uh, next year, we had Notre Dame night, which was okay. tremendously successful. So we just needed to <laughs> rebrand it. <laughs> yeah. um, but the thing, the thing was, Butte, the people of Butte were like into wrestling and pull tabs and not, not so much baseball. So it, it really, it did fine, but it never took off like the Saints took off. So sure. we ended up selling the team, and the people who bought it moved them to Casper, and they became the Casper okay. Ghosts. Yeah, so that's kind of okay. cool. So maybe sure. someday, maybe someday again, because I really did love being an owner. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like awesome. Annie Yockey <laughs> instead, of, yeah. instead of Mrs. <laughs> Yockey with the Red Sox. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah you don't you have to work the long hours as an owner. No, that's true. Say that again. You could get a street named after you too. There like you go. I'd love that. Yaki way. Yeah. <laughs> my my godmother used to think I was going to be the commissioner of baseball someday. So it's nice that I have people that believe in me. <laughs> sure. Well, oh, I do. Dear. Count me in your corner if that if that All right. helps. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Well, yeah. I I I don't have a lot of. I mean, I have I have plenty of other questions, but I I don't want to go a lot over the hour just because I know I'm yeah, I'm taking I, a lot of your time. I'd love well, I'd love to chat again at is, some point, but um yeah yeah sorry. No, this has been great. I mean, you know, I I will say I I have been really blessed. There are there are not a lot of people in this world that can go like like grow up loving something and then go off and study other things, and then come back around and go do that, go be involved in the thing they love so much. I mean, it's really, it's kind of a, an amazing journey I've been on. And, mm-hmm. and I just, I felt like, like I left the Saints after we got a successful first season in at, at the, new, the new ballpark, <laughs> CHS Field. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it's in a good place, and all these young talented people that work for the saints, like get it. They get what's important about community and, and uh, customer service and the promotions. And like, it's, it's, it's quite a, quite an interesting mix. Like you you don't want to overdo it. You want to keep people entertained. You want them to be able to enjoy the baseball. You want them to feel loved. <laughs> and uh, and mm-hmm. I just, I think the saints are in, in, in great hands, but I, I, I really do feel like, like I, I sort of had had a peak experience, like getting that ballpark built, and I didn't really know how it could, how what could top that, except maybe being an owner. <laughs> <laughs> and you someday, get to that too. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. There you go. So I, I, you know, it's it's just it's fun to talk baseball, but this, I mean, I appreciate you taking the time and the interest to let me yak for a bit. Sure, anytime. Absolutely, anytime. All right. All right. Well, I'll look forward to catching up with you. That sounds great. Let's plan that. Okay. Okay. Sounds good, Corey. Thanks so much. Yeah. Have a good rest of your night, and let's let's chat again okay. soon. Okay. Okay. Take care. Thanks again. You too. Okay. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 All right. Well, uh, my guest tonight was Annie Heidekoper. She... Uh, is is a longtime friend. She was my boss with the Saints when I worked there, and it was really great to chat with her and, and catch up a little bit. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, again, this is Baseball is Good. This was the 25th episode. I will not have an episode next week. Um, December 7th is next Thursday. I'm not planning to have an episode next week. A um, couple of reasons. It's my kid's birthday. They're turning three, and... Um, it's on that day, so it kind of fell on that day, and I'm, I, I don't want to plan around that. Plus, uh, the 8th, the Friday right now, is scheduled to be the closing date for our house that we're selling. So um, just kind of a lot of things coming up at the end of next week, and I'm not planning an episode, but I will be back uh, the following week, the 14th, for for my 26th episode here. So I just want to thank everybody for listening, and um, 
and giving this a shot. It's been fun to chat baseball, and I had a great time chatting with Annie tonight. But, um, yeah, I, I guess one last thing to close out. My, um, I just want to send good vibes to my mom. She had an accident today where she uh, really badly hurt her shoulder, and I'm, I know she was resting and sleeping a lot of the day today, so I, I didn't see her after work. But I'm planning to see you tomorrow, Mom, and I hope you're hope you're feeling better and can and can get up and and moving around uh, with your shoulder uh, as soon as possible. And um, we're all here and thinking about you. So hope you're doing good, and um, I will see you as soon as possible. But otherwise, uh, once again, this is baseball is good, and I hope you have a good night. And thank you for listening.